Listen, I don't have much time, but do you feel like you're going out of your gourd? Are you, do you have the cabin fever? Have you run out of Netflix to watch? If, has the thought occurred, hey, you know what? I can make funny stuff. I've been watching TikTok. I've been watching all the social networks and seeing what kind of creativity is coming out. I could create that. Hey, you know what? I wish they made a podcast about this. Well, you know what? You can make your own podcast. Go to anchor.fm. Go to it, please, right now. Make your own podcast. It's the lazy person's way to make stuff. You can make little segments. Uh, you could put music on there, found sounds, babies laughing, neighbors throwing frisbees, uh, uh, your friends playing guitar. Ah, it's so good. Anchor.fm. Please get this and find me. Inspirato Projecto. Let's be friends. Okay? Anchor.fm. Hi, it's Mickey Dolans here. You're listening to Inspirato Projecto. Wooden Island here, Tourist Central, as one might call it here in Hollywood land. Tourist Central. I suppose there are quite a few Tourist Centrals around around Hollywood. Hollyweird. I had an extraordinary. with Spencer McCall, director of the Institute, Bright Axiom, Esquire, uh, and a whole slew of other things. If you go to Vimeo, you type in Spencer McCall, M-C-C-A-L-L, type in Spencer McCall and you will be astonished by the various short films that he's created so far and uh, I would definitely suggest to check out check out that stuff he's uh, got a very unique vision in the things that he creates awesomely awesomely surreal uh, severely unapologetic in its absurdity just just brilliant um, it cut off. You know, Anchor will record basically up to an hour, and it will stop. And our interview actually lasted about, oh, maybe two and a half, three hours. So what you're hearing is just um, a portion of the entire interview. So without further ado... Let's get to it, shall we? Oh, good, 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 good. There, and there are there are a couple, couple things. <laughs> so okay, so uh, okay, so you have a background in. First, let's go from the recent things, and I'd like to kind of go down the rabbit hole trail back to backwards, sure. The, where I first was inspired by you, uh, by your by your work. Um, so you just recently submitted. Uh, 
the the the, the 911 Carol yeah. is that what it's called to Kapow and I thought it was brilliant how you because you showed a portrayal of what it could be you know with and it was great the voice acting the singing all of that and I, I was like holy cow this one episode could totally just be released as released as its own audiobook I mean this in its sense it, in itself it's it's so well put together the, okay so God there's so many questions that are connected with this first of all the screenplay there are so many little layers and so many little things, especially those who have studied the kinds of things, you know, that are presented in the, 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 this uh, in this musical. All of the little tiny layers, all the little nods to all these little things that are just done in such a nonchalant thing that are just kind of sh- just just shuffled in there like a pickle into the sandwich. And you're just like, oh, that, wait, did I just hear that? And But you're already on to the next thing. Um, wh- when did you start writing the screenplay? Great question. So I, I think it actually started back in... in uh, High school, so 9-11 happened when I was like about 16, uh, yeah, 16, and I remember the following year we all had to do a big assembly, like the remembering, you know, 9-11, and uh, just because we were like, you know, dipshit kids at that age, like we didn't understand the gravity of the situation, we were just kind of like, you know, fucking around, and we all had our own like little issues where, you know, I, I think, like, who's who's dating who and who likes who and blah, 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 and it, it's just like 9-11 wasn't a thing that anybody was thinking about, um, but we did realize like, oh, whoa, are we going to get like a holiday out of this? Is like, this going to be like come Christmas? And uh, are we going to get the day off like going forward? If so, you know... Cool. <laughs> right. what's, what's the appropriate dress for such a thing? Yeah, How yeah, do we yeah. celebrate? You like, know? what is the ritual and what is right. uh, what is the celebration of 9-11 that's going to happen in the future? And uh, that was, that was. I mean, we even discussed it back then. That was the idea. And then me and my friend Eric um, come, you know, 15 years later. Uh, and we're living in this world of, like, you know, fake news and conspiracy theories everywhere. And... I just started thinking about 9-11 as kind of um, the catalyst and the root of, like, where we're... I mean, obviously, 9-11 restructured, like, reality as we know it. Like, Mm -hmm. we're almost, like, in an alternate reality game right now. Oh, yeah. um, Where, like, logic doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah. Let's look at this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Um, I'll get a chicken Caesar. Um, So... I hope I'm not crunching too too much on salad. Maybe no, I should just get something soft. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that adds, that adds to it. The, the the audio it's an audio escape. So so when we get here now in this last year, and people are talking about like uh, pedophile like pedophile sex rings under pizza parlors, and just all the wacky QAnon, and just this is so wacky. Where did this come from? And I think a lot of it came from like the 9/11 Commission report. So anyway. I'm personally not a conspiracy theorist at all, but, um, you know, a couple years ago, uh, right during the inauguration, my friend Aaron created this giant hoax just to show, like, the how unfeasible, like, truly some of these conspiracy theories actually are. Like, if, okay, let's say that this really is real, like, this really happened, somebody is paying, like, protesters to come uh, and protest at the inauguration how logistically would you pull that off and so like Aaron started like figuring it out figuring it mm. out and uh, like how would he do it if he were the billionaire who could afford such things so exactly so he sets up the website and then he goes out to Craigslist all over the country and um, and like Task Rabbits and starts offering like in 
crazy amount of money and like a free flight to DC to like protest the inauguration. However, we're not sure if you're protesting the inauguration or protesting the protesters of the inauguration. I love it. <laughs> and um, it just blew up as a news story, like Washington Post and stuff. And uh, Aaron contacts me because I have kind of a background in performance and was like, "Hey, do you want to go on like Tucker Carlson Fox News tonight?" And uh, I saw that clip. Yeah, I saw that. That was great. And it's like, yep. And so it just went on and you know don't you don't break character um but it was just to show the absurdity of that situation and so after that i got like a a pilot episode that didn't go anywhere through um through sort of like vice and, and pulse and stuff and and that was awesome but at the time i think there was a little bit of like conspiracy fatigue or something but there was also like other shows going on the opposition and anyway um but i got back into like just the absurdity and the silliness of conspiracies and, and started trying to figure out like the root of it and uh, came to the uh, to the conclusion or, or came back to the memory of like thinking about 9-11 as like a holiday and it's like well what's the what's the other like biggest holiday so like Christmas okay so a Christmas carol so what if we took the Scrooge character and instead of just being like an asshole banker he's like an asshole conspiracy theorist like douche you know and um, he's visited by the spirits of 9-11 past present future to get him to stop being a uh, douche oh I love it uh, can I have the uh, eggs benedict please sure um, can I do a chicken Caesar salad? Thank you. Thank you. Jeez, see, boy. No, I'm looking at those. Yeah, okay, no, that's... Yeah, 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 that's good. That's good. Yeah, I'll, I'll have that. I'll have that. So then you start going, okay, well, this is great. So we're, this is interesting to hear the, 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 the series of events, how this led up. So you being a kid going, is this going to become a holiday now? That sort of marinated, sort of simmered in your brain. Bam, then it up comes, wait, you know, okay, what's, what would be a holiday that we could kind of blend with this thing? And, and then you think, oh, well, it's kind of like the Christmas carol. Yeah. And then you just start altering little bits here and there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and then uh, for good measure, let's make it a musical. Uh, but... But at the end of the day, you say, you know, I'm making a 9-11 comedy musical. It's like, oh, God, does that mean, like, terrorists are going to be doing, like, chorus lines on the planes or something? Like, no, it's not that. That's not what it is. It's, it's more about, like, you know, anti-conspiracy theories and taking accountability a little bit and not compartmentalizing, like, your your beliefs based on whatever is, like, convenient. Um, so, yeah, me and, and Eric and, and a couple other folks, we got to work and uh, started writing and had so much fun writing the first part that then I got my composer friend to like actually write the music and then I took singing lessons and I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna sing. Wow. But then we had so much fun with that. We're like, well, okay. We live in a weird world right now where I don't, I don't know how to create one thing for one thing. Like I think if you create one thing, you have to create that thing across like potentially platforms now. So we started writing it and it's like a 30 minute thing. So, okay, is that a one act play? Is that a, is that a, sitcom is that an animated series or is it ultimately the, the first act of like a feature film or is it a, a podcast or a radio play which mm. are kind of like mm. coming back right now which is kind of cool yeah but yeah. um so then we're like all right so i don't want to <laughs> it's not like spoilers it's not like you're gonna go watch it uh anyway but anyway so act one this like first 30 minute chunk was like nine a christmas carol and then just to keep some form of consistency, we're like, well, what other Dickens tales can we tell? Like, let's say this is a series, like 10 episodes. Let's go through like all of Dickens' oeuvre and adapt it for this like post-truth world we're living in. So at the end of act one, 
Hillary Clinton, who's the um, the spirit of 9 9-11, uh, 9-11 present, uh, steals the time travel device, goes back in time, frames James Comey, and basically becomes president. And then we go into the satire of the worst fear that the right, ha- or not necessarily the right, but I'd say the worst fear that would have happened uh, if Hillary Clinton had become president, where, you know, it would become this, like, feminist utopia and men are just totally like and and Donald Trump uh, you know does a press conference and like blows his head off which thus leaves like Baron Trump um, in an initial draft uh, it leaves Baron Trump uh, an orphan who then has to go into like the work farm so now we're in Oliver Twist and he wow. gets out he gets out and the Artful Dodger and Fagin are now like Steve Bannon and they teach him not how to pick a pocket but how to catcall and how to like reclaim your like chauvinist masculinity. Um, anyway, do, do all that and then Act 3 becomes a tale of two cities between like Benghazi and, and Hillary's like DC and Ruth Bader Ginsburg is like the lawyer who, you know, it's a far better thing I do now than I've ever done kind of thing. Uh, so anyway, that was it, and then we would have gone on to like great expectations and so on. But for now, we just did wow. the first thirty minutes. How cool is it that we were able to just expand it that far? We just have to. I mean, it like sometimes I, I have nothing against uh, really spending years and years and years working on something, but there's there's moments in life where you get hit by something and it just writes itself and yeah. in two days you do something better than you spent five years working on mm-hmm. uh, when that inspiration strikes you and you're just going okay I'm letting it go where it kind of wants to go right do yep. you feel that it's like okay you're in the pilot seat right now wherever yep. you're going I'm, I'm just hanging out yeah uh, I mean that was the case uh, with you know the the Fox News thing it's like I learned that morning that in four hours I'm going to be on like national Fox News and so it's like don't overthink it but you know go in with a couple bullets of like you know well, all right, what's happening in the world right now so Chelsea Manning's getting released from prison you know uh, Peyton Manning was in the news previously so it's like let's combine those and I don't know just silly silly stuff like that but do you have improv training did you take improv classes yeah yeah I did like in in uh, college and school and then like by doing like um, sketch work with friends in college Uh, and then I did like some actual just like theater but the theater that I did in college is really cool it was um, this company called Atmos Theater and so it's like we do plays anywhere that isn't a theater. Um, so like, you know, Midsummer Night's Dream in an actual like forest. Awesome. And people have to walk through and kind of interact. And this was like before Sleep No More was around. Um, and I'm not not saying any. What's, what, what's Sleep No More? What's that? Sleep No More is this really cool thing in New York where basically you check into a hotel called the Hotel McKittrick. And then there's a bar and like it's kind of like a speakeasy. And then these doors kind of open and you go in. And it's this really creepy, beautifully built uh, space. Whoa. And in each of the rooms, you walk through, you wear basically an eyes wide shut mask, and you you um, wander through a retelling of Macbeth, but done in like a 1920s like psych ward kind of thing. Um, and you experience the play, you know, immersively. So it's not like... So you're basically in the play, so to speak. You're, you you're, walk through. It's like you're a ghost. <laughs> uh, it's like you're a ghost observing a narrative that's wow. happening. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so did that have a, a big effect on you and being a part of that and going, whoa, look what's possible in terms of a theatrical experience? Definitely. And it will just the idea that there, for lack of a better word, there is no, like... There is no us and them between audience and and yeah. uh, and performer and 
and just that blurring is like really great and then you can start living your life thinking oh well I bet like those people are in on this you know it's like why are they all why are those like three women all wearing like baseball jerseys it's yeah. like I don't know right um, right, yeah. right right you yeah. just ask questions oh constantly. yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely like when you're when you're the engineer of such hijinks then you, you will forever have that lens to look at well the media at large uh, everything that's out there and so once you have once you know what it's like to um to to pull those strings it's do you find that it's easier to start seeing that in other things you're going i know what they're a doing here ah, i know what they're doing there i could see through that magic yeah i don't even think you need to be like a content creator or whatever you want to say to do that i think you just need to make a conscious decision to like look at anything and say how can i use this in in a, a way that it wasn't intended mm-hmm. um so a salt shaker you know I don't know what is that what what else can i do with this thing and right and just making a conscious decision to just sort of observe your surroundings uh, i have nothing against using cell phones or anything like that but there's there's some weird inspiration you can see when when you're when you look up sometimes yeah. okay so which is interesting because um okay so talk about the immersive experience so i saw a trailer about the latitude society mm-hmm. it's called axiom in bright axiom yeah um a situation like that, which is, it seems like it's like a, it's like a sleepaway camp for, you know, I, I, it looks like maybe it was a week or over a weekend. I, I still got to see the movie because the trailer is so, so phenomenal. Um, what, how do you do, what do you know about how that sprouted and came together and how long that is? Yeah. So that was something that I did get to, in fact, if you want to, I'll send you a link. We're looking for places to screen it right now, but, um, uh, no pressure or anything. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that was immediately after Shijun closed. Um, Jeff's next big project um, was the, the Latitude Society. Mm-hmm. And so that one I was much more hands-on with helping to create. Um, you know, not the overall narrative or anything, but uh, at that point, because the Institute had been, like, for, like, an indie doc, I guess you'd consider a successful I'm like I should just keep keep going with this and in a sense like make a sequel um, sort of but about this new project and so the idea there was sort of like what if Disneyland is underneath your city and only like 300 people know about it wow um, you know and like literally underground and so this giant automated house or sort of like maybe not Disneyland but like the Haunted Mansion ride mm. at Disneyland mm. you can get get off and interact with literally like the robots and animatronics and they can give you things and and stuff like that um that ended up becoming the latitude society was a fake secret society that ended up becoming like a real secret society in ways that like jeff had no fucking understanding of like what the hell was going on and and people started to take it like super duper personally and seriously and and like you never really had that people always kind of even though the the lines were kind of blurred about like how much is, of this is real by virtue of them uh, kind of designing it with like ver- verisimilitude, which is like the idea that you don't make up. Uh, it's sort of like what Marvel versus DC. Like you don't make up Gotham City or metropolis like this is in new york city like this is your city so spider-man he could fly by like fifth avenue anytime and it gives you a little bit nothing against dc but it gives you a little bit more of like a grounded reality where it's like oh yeah i remember hearing something about a girl that went missing in the Mm. 80s i don't know if this is her is this her like is this what this is about 
um, so to wrap two myths within the one, you know, to, to have that little extra little Easter egg kind of just simmering along while this other other thing is happening, there's still that remaining question mark that's in people's brains while they're in the middle of being immersed in this other stuff. Yeah, so well, everything's about, like, augmented reality now, augmenting reality, but, like, why don't you augment history, you know, uh, or, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of idea. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Right now I work at uh, Niantic, like the Pokemon Go company, but I work on a different game that's all about taking historical events and just sort of tweaking them a little bit. So, you know, uh, one example is like Alexander the Great. You know, we know that he went on these giant military campaigns around Asia. Was he doing that just to like further his empire or was there like a specific ulterior motive to that and then like building out that narrative, which then potentially leads to his mysterious death, which then has lasting events lasting consequences to events that are happening like right now um so yeah it's like augmented history i guess and it's cool knowing where that sort of intended reality lies the fringes of that by by sort of introducing those little things early on those are recognizable to people so as it unfolds later on they're going oh 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 oh." yeah and it really it 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 holds a a a stronger meaning i would think throughout that time because now they're going wait i remember seeing that thing Uh uh-oh you know then they go back there's always that that reviewing or that reinvestigation of it yeah exactly and so uh with the latitude society what it did a lot of that i mean it it would talk about like you know in 1945 when the united nations was formed like this splinter faction came off and you could think of that as like the Illuminati or the Masons or whatever, but it was this thing called the Clerisy. Anyway, with Jijun, it never became like a religion, even though it was a fake cult. It was never like actually a religion that gave you like a set of like tenets and rituals and practices to oh. a- adhere to, but with the latitude, it like did. And it started like freaking Jeff out a little bit. And then also a lot of the, um, the participants or know what do you even call these people like the members of the society started trying to figure out ways to like kind of take it from take his creation from him and when that happened he shut it down and it's kind of like the uh the emotional effect that that had on a lot of people would not be dissimilar from like uh catholicism exists what if like one day every church on the planet just like shut its doors and like you can't get in here anymore like the vatican every you know it's like what does that do to somebody so it leaves you with this like vacuum that Mm. became very like very uh toxic to everyone and everybody was really really hurt and that's kind of what the the film is about is like you know, it makes you sort of question how many other religions that were created were potentially um, just immersive art projects <laughs> or something. When you, you know. do see that, you know, because your 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 intention was to create this sort of reality, this imagination uh, that everyone's just, you know, it's a lot easier. It's it's, it's interesting. I was at the uh, airport one time, and I saw this family walking along, and I saw the grandma marching along with with the little grand grandson. And I thought, okay, let's take away the grandson. Would she still be marching like that? It's like the little kid gave her permission Mm -hmm. to march along like that and to to go, whoop, okay, now I'm suspending disbelief here. I'm not supposed to act like a grandma anymore. Now I'm a kid. And so it sounds like something like this would give people permission to really dive deeply into their characters, which I could totally understand why then that they would dive so deep into the thing. And then they're each sort of creating their own meaning within this thing and in addition to the stories that they're creating with the other members of this thing yep. I'm sure well there was a there, there was a uh, there's a through line kind of with uh, not all but a lot of the people the members was realizing that um, in their past they had some kind of 
like falling out with uh, their religion or their community that they were in. Interesting. And I think that's true with a lot of people. <laughs> you must be wondering, what the heck? You know, he he promised me that there was at least an hour of this phenomenal interview with Spencer McCall. And now all of a sudden, what the heck? What's this, what's this happening? Well, I'll tell you what. You're still going to get that interview. In fact, it's more than an hour. It's an hour and, and six minutes. You're going to get it spread out over the course of a bunch of podcasts. I mean, look at all the information, the overload that was in there. Was in your mind? Is your mind spinning? All those little nuggets, all those little layers, all those little details. So the next, uh, will it be on the next episode? We don't know. The good news is when it does pick up next, whether it be on the next episode or six episodes from now, <laughs> uh, it will pick up exactly right where what you just heard left off. So you can even piece together if you want. What are your thoughts on deep fakes? The Keanu Reeves Gump deep fake? Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bill Hader and Tom Cruise deepfake. The new deepfake of Lion King being switched, deepfaked from the old lions because they didn't like the new aesthetic so they had to deepfake it. What are your thoughts about these movies? You know, um, the, I remember seeing, you know, Forrest Gump meeting JFK, that was the first cinema deep fake, but now people are making alternative versions of movies, imagining other characters, other actors and actresses. What are your thoughts about deep fake? Have you been faked out by a deep fake lately? And um, any other thoughts about deep fakes? Man Behind the Machine and Sparato Projector Radio. Man Behind the Machine. The most recent deep fake I saw was a guy with a mustache. A guy with a mustache, and he was... His face was superimposed onto all of the members of Full House. It was the entire opening of Full House, and this man's face was somehow on everybody. From the uh, cut-it-out guy to... Um, <clears throat> oh, God. Stamos, uh, Michelle, the kids. They, they put his face right on there. I don't know how they do it. You got to really rotoscope the heck out of that thing. You know, and blend it and making, making sure it's, it's fitting right. All right, we got five minutes until I can come in here and put my laundry in here. So, that's the most recent deep fake I've, I've seen. Now... There's, there's a phenomenal app. I got to get a big kick out of it. And I'm using it more now. It's called Face Swap. And you, so they have, you know, like gorilla faces and a couple of different, different faces on there that you, it somehow just really glues it right there onto your face in the app. So you move your mouth and it looks like there's a, an ape moving their mouth. What you can also do is search online. It enables you to search online. And it'll come up with like a little database of faces and you just try to pick out the best one 
you can that closely resembles what you're looking for um, and how your face is positioned. Well, I recently did one on Instagram. Well, first I recorded it and then I uploaded it to Instagram of um, Eddie Vedder's face and, and him talking about um, the podcast. And I took a picture of Eddie Vedder <clears throat> that was actually, it was like a profile view. It was a photo of Eddie Vedder's face in profile view. <clears throat> and I some, it somehow still was able to superimpose it on my face. Now, what's really cool with this thing, and I, I still have yet to play with this more, but... I could draw pictures. I could actually draw pictures. I've wanted to see my art animated for the longest time. I've done little bits here and there in certain capacities. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, a painting even. I could even take a, I could even uh, import a photo of my painting. And then what you can do is it gives you the, uh, the ability to draw, actually use their their tools on the thing. Now you got to use your fingers, you know, on these little tiny things, but you can actually draw around your, your eyes, around your eyes, where your nose, where your mouth is going to be. So that way it has these frame of references and it kind of superimposes your picture on your face. And then when you talk, like for instance, imagine having Mona Lisa talk or having the uh, scream guy from, from uh, that old Norwegian painting. So those are the most... Oh, yeah, so the, the Eddie Vedder one, oh, my God, it came out. I mean, he looked like, you know, it looked like the Elephant Man because the picture that I got of Eddie Vedder, it wasn't a straight-on shot of his face. I couldn't seem to find one that actually worked well along with my face. I think you need to make sure you're a good light and it helps to not have a beard. And he... It was superimposed on my face. Somehow it took one that made him superimposed on my face. One of him looking off to like the left or the right a uh, uh, in profile. And so it, it emblazoned that onto my face. So like, so his face was spread out sideways across my face. Oh my gosh. I mean, it, it really looked, it really looked wonky. Um, okay, so we're going to get back to uh, this next part here. Is from the 311 cruise. My my uh, Hunter S. Thompson, so to speak. Uh, this also I'm going to spread out. These are the last bits of the 311 cruise audio that I have. If you want to hear any more of the shenanigans, um, look for any episode that has 311 cruise or 311 in the title somehow. Uh, also, if you search in Google. I try to really describe each of these episodes really, really well. So, um, also, also they got this feature on here that if you're listening on Anchor and I think some others, I think you can actually call me. You can actually leave a message for me that I can actually take and put on here. You can also call me, just call me, uh, Five six one two zero three nine one seven nine. That is the hotline. Leave your dreams, your synchronicities, 
of all the razzmatazz, all the exciting things that you come across, the connections you make in the universe, the most bizarre things, bam, put them in there. Call me up, put it on there, I'll play it on the air. So here we go. Uh, we're going to listen to... This was after uh, maybe three or four days of hanging out on 311 Cruise. I put my phone off to the side, put my wallet, everything, left it left it in the, in, in the, uh, in the room. I just went off. I just followed my heart. I just carpe diemed it, man. Where did I go? Where do we go? Let's go. Bam, bam, bam. And we just moved and grooved. I just moved and grooved like that throughout the trip. So this is one of the rare instances where I got to record some of the shenanigans. And, you know, yeah, you'll hear. You'll hear. I mean, you'll hear a whole series of conversations going on. And that's what's so cool. Because you're actually there with me. You get to zero in on which conversation you want to hear. So, check it out. Here we go. Here, 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 here we go. Here we go. David Lynch personally started a campaign in Hollywood to get Laura Dern an Oscar nomination for her performance in Inland Empire. He sat on the side of the road with a cow during this campaign which was, unfortunately, unsuccessful. Stay tuned to Inspirato Projecto for more fun facts. But I forget your name. Don't take right. it personally. Dude, it's so hard yeah. because so yeah. many people already know each other, and I'm yeah. the new guy, so Me I got to be, be 20,000. So I met one of the DJs, the green guy, <laughs> so, up oh, on the, the roof. The green guy, me too. And, oh, you did? Yeah. He was there with this little... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were up there. You, I bet you this would not surprise me if you were there at the exact same moment we were, you know, just knowing how this has come about. Were you out, like, near the back? No, I met them inside. Oh, you met them inside? I got to you. You, he was in the casino doing it? Yeah. When we saw him there, she, we were out on the, you know, the deck with the bag, and she was recording him doing this. We ended up talking to him, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm the green DJ. And so we were asking about that. We're like, do you start competing with each other because you see people more dancing on that? You know, they're on blue, and you're like, oh, Jesus, how do I get them back? So now you're going, yeah. And you, all, you always know that if your safe bet is you're throwing a 311 song, you know you're going to get them right back. Yeah, I was like, that's kind of a cheap move, man. It is, it is. I heard down, like, on all, all three DJs had played at some point, you know? It's like they knew... BMX on all stations too. He kept it like very different. Like, uh, red DJ. Like, like, red DJ. That was the one playing Metallica. Did you ever feel like you betrayed a DJ because he had a jump ship? Because you're like, okay, this really isn't this really isn't my cup of tea. But I I kind of feel I'm invested in this kind of. <laughs> reality here. I think you're going to drink. I go okay. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, within the interim, within, during the commercial break, you know, something brand new has is, is emerged. But I, yeah, I mean, it's more just people watching. Everyone just watches Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, you might end up going, okay, how do I compromise with one of these? Like, which one? It's like, okay, all right, okay, what the hell? Let's uh, just see what we can do here. I was very surprised there was like a reggae station. Like yeah. And there was like a, 
very slow reggae song, and I'm like, okay, let me just see if I could just get into the easy flow of this thing. And then once I did, you know, and then they flipped on to another. I'm like, oh my gosh, holy cow, I'm invested in this station right now. I got stuck on that station too. You oh my tribals, the tribal Oh my god, it was great. It was so fun. I loved that everybody could share. You know, they're each living in their own reality. It's beautiful. It's a symbolic representation of just how it is, which is so crazy. So, so everybody was living their own reality, yet coexisting together, and also a reality they're co-creating and vibing. From now on, into the next. You guys were there like every every time that we tried to, we tried to. I saw you guys. It was just so fun, you know. Like once I went the first night. You guys were lit with your costumes too. Oh my god, yeah. That was so fucking cool. Dude. It was so funny. Yeah, like the real ones too. Those are like official. Yeah, we've looked on like, uh, oh gosh, what's the name of the site? I want to say it's like Aviator. It's called like Aviator. And it's got all of these like army and like, you know, military surplus guys. Yeah, so we bought those Apollots, uh, uh, you know, the little things that go. Yeah, we found those on there. Uh, the t shirts, we tried to get the exact same kind of shirt, the same pants, similar pants, the same shoes. So we want to look like. Like, you know, like we're just this uniform thing that's going on. You guys look very official. Thank you. It was dope to see you guys. We had so much fun. I was shocked when you guys came. I was like, oh shit, these guys are fucking awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I was a fan, man. I was like, I don't want to miss stuff. <laughs> you know, I think when you put the when you put the focus. Uh, more on this audience <laughs> and getting to and getting to share like okay tell me more about yourself you know hey audience tell us more about yourself you know it's like now they're feeding right back into it rather than the guys who are like hey I'm the cool guy it's just it's that, that doesn't have much fuel to it you know but if you're like it's all about you just like her, her awesome name tag you I mean if you just go it's about you now it's awesome because now you're, you're actually having someone stand and look at themselves in the mirror you know it's like an amazing subliminal thing that you're doing there by putting you on, on your name tag it's just brilliant you <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, I, that that is awesome. Awesome. Saying like, hey, you. Was this your first cruise ever? Like, yeah. Yeah. Awesome, And, you know, and this is, like, we dreamed of wanting of playing on a cruise. Because we always joke about our show being a time travel dream cruise. We like to play with that idea. Like, okay, you're, you're on our... So any whatever venue we're at, we always got the fog machines. So it's like the mists of, you know, you're you're riding through the night. You know, the winds of, like we we would feel the winds. You know, so we try to recreate that feeling like we're the house band on a freaking yacht, wherever we go. So it's like a time travel dream cruise. Let's take you back to the seventies and eighties. So what's so interesting was I, we'd be like, oh, wouldn't that be great if we ended up playing on cruises? In the meantime, our guitarist plays guitar. 
uh, plays basketball with Nick Hexum. Oh, he was playing ball with him. He plays ball with him, and so one of the team, one of the team guys, came out to see Yachty Crew and showed Nick, and he's like, "Dude, look, there's Tommy. Look at," and then all of a sudden it's. And an idea was born, and he's like, "You got to get a hold of my manager. Make sure you email him." You know, so then Tommy emailed him, and oh my God! So he knew about this whole thing about a year, uh, about a year before. And we had to keep keep it quiet. It's like ah, I want to say something. Yeah, we'd be quiet, and once it once it just once it evolved, it was so crazy. Like now we have a gig at Dis uh, Disneyland at California Adventure every Sunday and Monday during the wine festival. Oh, there's have a wine festival. There's this thing. Yeah, 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 dude. We we always joke about oh, dude. We always joke about all the great Will. Films and we, we, one of them's like, We gotta play the fucking wine, the wine mix, Catalina wine mixer. So that would actually be a very awesome thing to actually do. That. Oh my god, the wine mixer. That is the Oh my god, the Catalina. Dude, you're right. It's like, it's like we're sort of manifesting reality. That's your version of the Oh my god, I love it, dude. That's brilliant. You pointed that out. What, a, what, a, what an astounding revelation. That's our version of. Of the Catalina wine mixer. It just happens to be at Disneyland California Adventure. Oh my god. So, like every Sunday, Monday. I don't know if they're going to sell helicopters. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, buy your helicopter seats for the Outley Crew concert. You know? <laughs> Oh, just hover awesome. over there over the concert oh my god I already said we asked well we're all living in California oh so you're all oh word that went on how much money SoCal yeah yeah um, like some of us you know some of us live in the Hollywood area some of us live in sort of the valley what's called the valley and uh, we just We've been, I mean, it's, you know, it really helps when you appreciate your teammates. And I feel the sense of, you know, like, we have this this pseudo-family band. So I'm Stony Shores, he's Pauly Shores. Then we got Tommy Bowie, David Bowie, Baba Bowie. Baba Bowie, nice. So we got the Bowies, the Bowie brothers. And then we got Sailor Hawkins, and then we got Philly Ocean. So you give the... <laughs> yeah, Philly Ocean lead singer, Sailor Hawkins had drums. And so you get this idea like it's a family band, and I think subconsciously that has gone into how we, we treat each other. Yeah, that's Yeah. Look at this guy, I love it. He's just hanging out on the ground. Oh my God, that's awesome. The guy's just laying on the ground by the pool. I love it. You know, you know that, yeah, I love this. During the 311 cruise, it felt like, it felt like everybody follows the golden rule. And is aware and considerate. And what goes along with that is the freedom to just fall asleep in the middle of the floor of the casino, which is beautiful because you know, dude, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Because you know that you're safe. You know that, you know, no one's going to kick you in your ass. You're right. No one's going to rob you or draw on your face. Dude, last cruise people were drawing in people's faces, though. They were. But instead of drawing, my boy was stamping people with digs. Oh my God. 
stamped you. So if you got dick stamped, then you knew he stamped you. Oh my god, there are so many little Easter eggs like that all throughout this whole thing. A lot of people do shit like that. That is so funny. Like the clothing pins that said you've been tagged. Such a brilliant idea. You're like, wait, what's this? And then you're like, okay, well, let's see if I can sneak it on this guy's elbow when he's That's somebody who was doing that? The clothing Oh my god, yeah, there's a clothespin that said you've been tagged. Oh, you know, because you know, like on here, it shows, you know, there are different. Different little yeah, mottos yeah, yeah. and stuff. Damn, I need to give you mine. Oh, dude, you know what? I promised a woman that I would give that I'll give this to someone who had, a, you know, like a shining spirit. Look at this. Keep the light within. Oh shit! Southern Cross Police. Now check this out. There's a secret hidden message on the inside of the bracelet. Ecclesiastes 3:11. Isn't that cool? That is fucking dope. So she told me to pass it on to someone who I saw, who I, I saw, I, I shine, I shine. Yeah? Yeah. Are you giving this to yeah, me? Yeah, so that's, that's for you. That's for you. Thanks, dude. Dude, you're welcome. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Respect, man. Dude, it's, it's, she was so happy when she was describing this to me. She's like, she's like, and that's not all. Look on the inside. I'm like, wait, what? It's like a secret code in there. Yeah, mine's got that too. Dude. I got one like this and mine's goes in the dark. I got to give you mine, man. It's awesome. It glows in the dark. Oh my god, man! Oh, this one's sick, though. Thank you so it's much. It's been man. so fun seeing the love and it goes into the bracelet. Yeah, man. And then they pull a lot of songs too. And you know, oh my god! Like that's what the majority of them are. Like quotes from songs. It's a, it's so intriguing because even if it's three or four words from a lyric, there's something about that that resonates with that person. Exactly. That then. Also resonates with all the other folks because now their attention is called to that. So they like go back and listen. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so fun. Everyone's good vibes and good intentions on this trip so far just keep going and going. It's fun when you come across someone who's got the same bracelet that you do. You're like, oh my God, you came across them too. So now there's another familiarity. You know, now you're like, okay, cool. I had a great report that person. You had a great report that person. And because of that, it just keeps going Damn. around. Man. Oh my god! Like spreading. Oh my god! It's so exciting. Data mine. Data mime. Data wind. Data slime. Data time. Data dime. Data dime. Data mind. Data wind. Data sky. Data try. Data spell, data well, data wine, data twine, data grind, data find, data win, data swim, data love, data glove, data flow, data slow. Data Spire, Data Lime, Data Time, Data Esquire.